the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. SRN News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You know, we hear this argument today in subtle forms. We call it situation ethics. The end justifies the means. In other words, it says, look, if it's beneficial for the cause of Christ to lie, then go ahead and lie. That's what some are teaching. That's a form of this. If my sin accomplishes something good, then go ahead and sin. The Bible doesn't teach that. The people teach that. That's faulty, twisted human thinking. We're glad you could join us for another verse-by-verse Bible class of the air. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside since 1981. Our lesson today is the conclusion of a three-part message, a part of a series of lessons from the first three chapters of the Book of Romans. Here in the early verses of chapter 3, the Apostle Paul has paused to address the questions likely to be raised by his first-century Jewish readers. The way he handled those questions, objections really, gives us an idea how we can handle the inevitable objections we face when we present the good news. At the end of verse 4, Paul quoted King David who said in Psalm 51 that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Let's continue the lesson at that point. Here is Pastor Steve. Now Paul quotes King David, the greatest king that Israel's ever had, to prove one point. What's the point? David was guilty of adultery. David was guilty of murder. But when David confessed his sin, he confessed that God was correct, that God could not be blamed, that he had been been faithless to God. He was the one who was wrong, not God. And what he was saying is God is never to be blamed. You see, David understood this, that God is always, always true. God is one of integrity. God is, is never one who can be accused of, of any wrongdoing. God can never be indicted. God is blameless. He is always faithful to his word. He is righteous. That's the point. David is saying, I'm the one who's wrong. I'm the one who's unfaithful. God is always true. God is always righteous. Now, let's stop here for a minute. Why is that important for us to know? Why, you say, so what? And I told you it's a little bit difficult applying these things, but why is this important? Maybe something you've never thought of. Of course, maybe something you have thought of. I'll tell you why it's important to study these things. If God ever goes back on one promise to the Jew, then how do you know he won't go back on one promise to you? See, that's why it's important to study God's dealings with Israel. Not just so that we learn about prophecy. Not just so that we know what's going to happen in God's timetable. But if God is unfaithful to Israel, believe me, he's going to be unfaithful to you. And this is a crucial question. 
Now, Paul doesn't answer how God is going to fulfill these promises to Israel at this point. He'll do that in Romans 9, 10, and 11. And that is exciting that God's going to take a remnant. And he says, all Israel will be saved. God is going to fulfill his promises to, to Israel. Romans chapter 11 says this. Has God cast away his people? And that is a crucial question. Has God cast away Israel? And I want you to know that many in Christian circles say, yes, he has. Covenant theology, that is the error of covenant theology, which says, yes, God has cast away his people and has substituted them now with the church. But Paul's answer is once again, no, 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 no. God forbid, he says in Romans 11, God hasn't cast away his people. In essence, he's saying he's just postponed his promises. In this day and age, he is building his church. When the church is raptured, God will then again turn his attention to Israel and he will make sure that he fulfills every promise to the Jew. God is faithful to Israel. And that's why we sang, great is thy faithfulness. If he could break one promise to them, that he can break a promise to you and then you have no God because God has lied. Paul says, don't even let it enter your mind that God would go back on his word. I'm so glad that God keeps his promises. Aren't you? And I'm so glad that, that the promise of eternal life doesn't depend on my faithfulness. If it did, I would have lost it a long time ago. If you think that, that you have to be faithful to get to heaven, that you've missed the point of heaven. It's a free gift. We've blown it so many times. If God was not faithful to you and me, we could never go to heaven. He's so faithful. And what he promises, he will keep even to those who disobey him, if they've truly trusted Christ. Now, that's not an encouragement to disobey him. That's an encouragement to obey him because he is so loving and so faithful. So Paul's answer to the question of God's faithfulness is that God is righteous, and that leads to another objection. David says he's righteous. Don't, don't indict God. You can't. Objection number three. This is a heavy one. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? I'm speaking in human terms. You say, Paul, I'm speaking in human terms. I don't understand what you're saying in any terms. What is this saying? Well, I've had a little more time to deal with it than you have, and so let me try to simplify it for you. This is an incredible statement. And I said it's heavy. It's not heavy to understand. It's heavy to realize that someone... Some people feel this way. He's saying this, Paul, according to your teaching, our sin has shown how righteous God is. So why does he punish us for doing him the favor of showing off his righteousness? You see that? If Look, if by the Jews' unfaithfulness, God is shown to be so faithful to keep his word, then how can God punish us? We've done him a favor. We've shown everybody how great God is, and is God going to reward us by judging us? Folks, this is a common argument. And it says this, if my sin makes God look good, how can he condemn me for making him look good? I've done him a favor. You see, the subtlety of this argument is that it's an encouragement to sin. Claim God is unrighteous if he judges me for my sin. And that's fa it's faulty human reasoning. That's why Paul says at the end of verse 5, I am speaking in human terms. He wants us to understand that Paul is just taking the role of an advocate, of a, of a human depraved mind. God would never ask a question like that alone. God is just quoting 
what human depravity would come up with. Paul says, I, I want you to understand, I'm speaking in human terms. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you human logic, not divine reasoning. Is God unjust and unrighteous if he condemns the Jews for their unfaithfulness, even if their unfaithfulness exalts his faithfulness? That's the issue. And, and the answer is again in verse 6. May it never be. God forbid. God forbid that you would even think that God would be unrighteous. God forbid that you would even think that your sin glorifies God. Sin never glorifies God. God in his own sovereignty may somehow use that for his own purposes, but sin never glorifies him. Sin is always wrong. That's twisted thinking that says that sin glorifies God. If God would be unfair in judging the righteous Jews, then you know what? Then he couldn't judge anyone. Look at the end of verse 6. For otherwise, if this thinking is right, if faulty human thinking is right, otherwise, how will God judge the world? What he's saying is, look, you know from your Old Testament scriptures that God is the righteous judge. If you say that God would be unfair to judge you, then how would God judge anyone? If God can't judge anyone, then God is not God. And sin is allowed to go unchecked and will never be judged. And there is no answer to the sin problem. God is not God because God judges. And God doesn't judge and God has nothing basically to do. You know, we hear this argument today in subtle forms. Not exactly this, but branch offs of this argument. We call it situation ethics. The end justifies the means. In other words, it says, if, look, if it's beneficial for the cause of Christ to lie, then go ahead and lie. That's what some are teaching. That's a form of this. If my sin accomplishes something good, then go ahead and sin. The Bible doesn't teach that. The people teach that. That's faulty, twisted human thinking. It is never right to do wrong. And I've had, listen, I've had many Christians tell me these things. You know, you can't have visitors in a hospital uh, unless they're relatives. So you tell the nurse, yeah, they're relatives. Even though you mean they're brothers, sisters in Christ. I've had people tell me things like that. Listen, it's never right to do wrong. The end does not justify the means. God is never glorified by our sins. Sin is never a good thing. Paul just amplifies this in verse 7. He says, and it's just an illustration, but if through my lie the truth of God abounded to his glory, why am I also still being judged a sinner? If I lie, and God is glorified because he doesn't lie, and he keeps his word, and he's truth, and he's faithful, then why is God going to judge me a sinner? Paul's just, just amplifying what he's already answered in verse, verse 6. You see, if you take this argument to its extreme, why stop at judgment? Why not just say, let's sin in our lives so that God will be glorified more? Let's just sin. If God gets glory, let's sin. And you know, there are subtleties, subtle forms of that in Christian circles. Look, you know God's going to forgive you. You confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins, so just go ahead and sin. That's a form of this error. Isn't it amazing how we can rationalize sin? We're going to pause for just a minute to welcome those of you who just tuned in. 
This is Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Hi, this is Steve Kreloff. I wanted to take a few moments today to tell you how pleased I am that you're listening to Verse by Verse. Our goal here at Verse by Verse is to teach people the Word of God so that they'll be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and glorify God. I hope that you've been learning and growing in your faith as you've listened to our broadcasts. As a faithful listener to these broadcasts, I feel you should know that Verse by Verse needs your financial support. It's costly to prepare and broadcast these programs, and we can only continue to do so if our listeners support this ministry. So I would ask you to please consider giving a gift as a way of saying thank you to the Lord for providing this program to help you in your Christian walk. All gifts to Verse by Verse are tax deductible. You can give via PayPal on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can send your gifts to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, and may our Lord richly bless and strengthen you as you listen to him speak, verse by verse. Now, let's return to our class. There's a book out on the market which basically says this, you're forgiven in Christ, so it really doesn't matter what you do. But it does matter what you do. See, the logical conclusion is, is just, just the more we sin, the more God is glorified, the more grace he's able to pour out. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 20. At the end of verse 20, there's a statement where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Now, that's true. Where, where sin increased, grace abounded. The more sin, the more grace. But some perverted that. Look at chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? Paul says, you've taken a true thought, true statement, where sin abounded, grace did that much more abound, and now you're going to twist it. Now you're going to say, well, look, why don't we just continue in sin that God's grace might, might increase? Paul says in verse 2, may it never be. There's that expression. No, no, no. A thousand times, no. Don't even think that thought. Look at verse 8, Romans 3. Paul concludes by saying, but why not say, and this is his argument, don't stop at judgment. Why not say this? And Paul says, we're slanderously reported that we, that we say this. Some are saying that we teach this. Paul says, if you're going to say about judgment, speak about life. Why not say, let us do evil that good may come? Why not say that? See, this type of thinking must inevitably lead to a life of sin. It's a kind of thinking that says, look, I'm secure in Christ. I can never lose my salvation. Why not just go and sin? See, anybody who thinks that way, anybody who thinks that way, perverts the truth. And anybody who thinks that, that Paul taught that in the word of God not only is wrong, but look what Paul says. Their condemnation is just. Anyone who thinks that the grace of God means go out and sin to your heart's desire, Paul says you're condemned. You've proved that you don't understand the gospel. You're condemned. It's, it's the obvious evidence of twisted human thinking that doesn't come from a mind that's been renewed and saved. We turn to Jude, verse 4, and I'll show you something. 
I think there's probably a reason why some were slanderously saying that Paul taught this, because I believe that, uh, that some were teaching this, not Paul, but some were teaching this. Just go ahead and sin that good may come. Verse 4, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, crept in where? Into the church life. Those who were long before marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who what? They turn the grace of our God into licentiousness. You know what licentiousness is? It's a license to sin. These people are saying, look, God demonstrates his grace, so what difference does it make the way you live? Grace gives license to sin. Live any way you want. It's covered by the blood. Paul says their condemnation is just. Condemnation is just. So I think that some were going around the Roman Empire claiming to be preachers of the gospel who were saying that kind of stuff, but not Paul. Let me give you an illustration as we close this. How perverted this thinking is. Two illustrations. Paramedics do a fantastic job. If you've ever had to have paramedics come and work on you or anyone, you know that, that they do a great job when there is a car accident, when there's a, a fire, when there's some type of tragedy that takes place. But nobody in their right mind says, let's hope we have more car accidents so the paramedics can display their great skills and abilities. Nobody says that with that's twisted thinking. Or how about illness? You know, there are tremendous antibiotics on the market. Tremendous. And um, I've, I've had the occasion a number of times having strep throat. And I can attest that there are tremendous antibiotics on the market that get right to the problem. But who says, let's get sick so that the amazing ability of antibiotics can be demonstrated? Who would say that? Not me. I'd never say that, and I hope you wouldn't. Let's get sick so the doctors can show off their great skills, and you know, pharmacists can show off the drugs that they have. Nobody would ever. That's twisted thinking. That's the same type of thinking that says, let's sin so that God can be shown off for being righteous. Three objections raised, three objections answered. But maybe you've got some objections that haven't been answered. Let me say, you, you don't have to know everything about the gospel to be saved. There, there are questions I have, not objections, but there are questions I have about the word of God. They don't have to be answered now. In fact, they may never have to be answered. Salvation is not having all your, your doubts and questions answered. It's trusting even if you don't understand. But what do you have to understand? You do have to understand that you're a sinner. You do have to understand that you deserve the judgment of God. All your church attendance and good deeds and baptism can't save you. Only Christ can because he died for your sins. He took your place and he took care of your sins so that God says you can enter into my heaven clean because I can't fellowship with sin. That's what you have to know. If you have objections about the gospel, that's fine. God will deal with them when he wants to. But believe what you do know. And what you do know is enough to be saved. You're a sinner. Christ is God. He died for your sins. Put your trust in him. Depend upon him. What have we learned from this? We've learned about the character of God. I don't know, you know, maybe you go from here saying, well, I don't know. I just didn't get a handle on how it's applied to me today. Not everything in the Bible can very easily be applied to us today. But what God does want us to know is himself. What have you learned about God? We've learned that God is fair, haven't we? God gave the Jewish people his word. He's very fair. In fact, he's so gracious. 
He's fair to you. He has given you the opportunity to hear his word. Week after week after. You can listen not only in church, you can listen on the radio, on television. You can get a Bible in any, any store almost that sells a book. You can get a Bible. God is fair. He's reached out to you and he's given you his word. Not only is God fair, he is faithful. He'll keep his word. He says, if you believe on him, and that word believe means trust, depend upon him for your eternal salvation. If you trust in him, he says he'll give you eternal life. He keeps his word. He is not fickle. He will not go back on his promise. And then we've learned that God is, is just. He is the judge. Shall not the judge of the whole world do right? He will judge sin. And the question is, have you trusted him or will he have to judge you as a sinner? Let's bow for prayer. With our hearts and minds still in his presence, what will this information that you've learned today, what will it do in your life? Is it just another message to go in one ear and out the other? What will you do with this? Will you trust Christ? Will you believe on him? Will you embrace the Savior and stop playing religious games? If you're ready and willing to do that, then let us help you. Come up after the service. Pour out your heart. We have counselors who will respond lovingly by leading you to an understanding of salvation. And dear Christian, what have you learned today? Have you learned the fairness of God? Have you, have, have you understood now what to say to a, to a Jewish person who you're witnessing to? That God has been so fair and there is an advantage to being Jewish, not in the rituals, but in the giving of his word. And have you learned that God keeps his promise? Will you rejoice in that? My heart's rejoicing in that. That's why it's so wonderful to study about God's dealing with Israel. And I love to study that not just because of my Jewish background, the thrill of studying is that if God is faithful to Israel, he'll be faithful to you. He'll be faithful to me. Great is his faithfulness. Have you learned that God is a just God? He will judge sin. Don't, don't live in situation ethics. Don't sin thinking that God will be glorified. God is never glorified by your sin. It always has bad consequences. Father, we are so privileged to know you, so privileged to have your word, so privileged to know these truths that you're a covenant-keeping God. Our Father, we pray that you'll take the truths that have been proclaimed this morning, take what we've studied from your mind to our hearts and apply it. Father, increase our faith in the trustworthiness of Scripture. Help us to realize that even though we're fickle and unfaithful, you are so faithful. And may it never even enter our minds that you're anything but faithful because the Bible says you cannot lie. We believe that. We trust your word even if we don't understand it. Draw those to yourself who need to trust the Savior. Draw them, Lord, that they might not trust in their rituals, their churchianity, but only in Jesus Christ and him alone. We pray this in his name. Amen. The Apostle Peter said about the name of Jesus, There is no other name on earth given among men by which we can be saved. The tolerant society of this age is creeping into the church, whispering the notion that there are many ways to eternal life. 
Yet the Bible offers just one way, and it is through faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to say so long for now. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Since 1981, Pastor Steve has been serving and teaching at Lakeside, and now we at Verse by Verse Ministries have the privilege of making his practical sermons available to you through your radio. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download it for later. We have previous classes on the archives page if you missed one and want to fill in the gap. That's versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to listen to the entire message of which today's class was a part, you can order a CD or a cassette. Just call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. The Book of Romans has had a greater impact on the church and the world than perhaps any other book in the Bible. It played a significant role in the Reformation and in many revivals throughout the ages. I hope you can join us for the next verse by verse and the continuation of these lessons from the Book of Romans. Encouraging you in Christ. Long before the pain, God was there. Long before the struggle, God was there. Someone want to ask somebody that was going through a trial, this is where was God when the tragedy happened? The answer was the same place he was when it was all good. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.